Amen. Well, the music has sure been a blessing this morning. I appreciate that good song, and I'm thankful for the will of God, and I'm thankful for the grace of God that helps me to accomplish the will of God. I enjoyed the uh, congregational singing of His Eyes on the Sparrow. Isn't it good that if God cares about the sparrow, God cares about us, and uh, we have a wonderful God. I want you to open your Bibles again to Psalm 15. I'm not going to reread all of these verses. Uh, I'll refer to all of them in the message, uh, but I'm, I, I want us to see a simple outline that's right here in this passage I'm going to preach on the subject of living in victory. And uh, I, I believe that the child of God can live in victory. And I'm not saying can have victory three times a year. I'm talking about living in victory. Now, what is victory? Victory is the defeat of an enemy. Uh, victory is overcoming. Uh, victory is not tranquility. Uh, tranquility is the absence of an enemy. Victory is the defeat of an enemy. So since we're constantly having uh, challenges uh, to living uh, the Christian life, I believe that God can help us to live in victory. In fact, I believe that's what the psalmist is asking here in two different questions in verse number one where he says, Lord, who shall abide uh, in thy tabernacle? That's talking about fellowship with the Lord. Uh, Lord, who can live there? Who can dwell there? And then he says, who shall dwell in thy holy hill? I love how the Bible makes a statement and then repeats it with words that are synonyms that define and describe uh, what he's saying so we have an understanding. And then you see a summary statement of the two questions in the very last line of verse number five. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. So he asks the question how to live in victory. Then he says if you do these things, he'll never uh, be moved or he'll live in victory. And then he gives us in verses 2, 3, 4, and the first half of 5, four answers on how to live in victory. So it's a very simple outline how to live in victory. And we'll see the four answers uh, uh, in verses 2, 3, 4, and 5. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray. Not because it's a requirement or a habit, but I hunger for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we have just a few minutes in your word this morning. And yet these few minutes can be powerful enough to change not only our thinking, but our behavior. And I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. May it bring honor and glory to you. And may it help us to know how to live in victory. Not an occasional victory but Lord, to help us live in victory. Bless the message, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'm turning to Psalm number one where the Bible gives a very similar psalm and it says, blessed is the man. Now the word blessed comes from the same root word as the word happy comes from, but the word blessed means a double portion of happy or Happy, happy, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of, of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now verse 3 is living in victory. And he shall be like a tree 
planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit, his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither. And notice the phrase, I have it underlined in my Bible, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And I'm a firm believer in victory. I believe the Christian can live in victory. I believe we can live above the circumstances of life. Perhaps you've heard me say it before. A young preacher said uh, to an old preacher, Dr. John Rice, uh, Dr. Rice asked the young man, he said, how are you doing? And the young man responded, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. To which Dr. Rice said, what are you doing under there? I don't believe God would have us to live under the circumstances, but live standing on the promises of God, overcoming the circumstances of life. I believe that we can live in victory. I believe we can live in victory in our personal life. Now, don't miss the definition of victory. Victory is not tranquility. It's not the absence of an enemy. It's a defeat of one. I've often used that picture illustration of a football team that wins the game at the end. They're usually muddy, dirty, sometimes bloody, sometimes hurt, but they won. They defeated the enemy. They defeated the other team. Victory is not me going through the week having no opposition, facing no difficult circumstances, facing no problems at all. Victory is me overcoming and living as an overcomer in life, living in, in victory over those things. How do we live in victory? Well, we find the answers in this passage of Scripture. They're very simple. I want to give them to you. First of all, we need to be right with God. Look at verse number 2. To be right with God. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh truth in his heart. The Bible gives us three things that we are right with God. By the way, you've started your week right. You're in the right place. It's a good thing to be in church on Sunday morning and to realize I did what I'm supposed to do to begin not only a new day, but to begin a new week. I'm going to begin this week in victory in the Lord's house. So how am I supposed to be right with God this week? First of all, to walk uprightly. That means just simply do right. That means to be honest. That means to have integrity. That means to live to please the Lord. Not to please the flesh, not to please the world, but to live to please the Lord, to walk uprightly. Second of all, worketh righteousness, or doing that which is right. Uh, the righteousness of God, uh, sharing with others uh, the wonderful gospel of salvation, being an encouragement and a spiritual blessing to others, working, not unrighteousness, but working righteousness, and then speaking truth. Uh, now, there's a lot of things that are deceiving in our world today, but I know that anytime I quote a promise of God or claim a promise of God, I'm speaking the truth. So if I'm going to have victory in life, I need to be right with God. Every success in life begins with a proper and a right walk with God. 
Our nation today is filled with much chaos and confusion. Uh, there's rioting in the streets. There's violence against one another. There's political posturing with one group but blaming another. All the while, the thing that we need to do as individuals is to be right with God. The Bible tells us that we're to come to Him and walk in the light as He is in the light. Be right with God. You want to have victory in your life? Be right with God. You started right. You're in the right place. You want to make a decision this morning that this week I'm going to walk with God. Let me give you the second thing. Verse number three, to be right with our neighbor. To be right with our neighbor. Notice what the Bible says. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. This is a fellow that's right with his neighbor. Now, folks, it's obvious that the world we live in today, Satan is working in every avenue to cause division among people, to cause hatred between one group or one person and another. Our nation was built on treating others as we desire to be treated. Are you with me this morning? That, that's how our nation was built on that golden rule that said, I ought to be kind to others. I ought to treat others as I desire to be treated. It is shameful that there is such division and hatred and vitriol in our world toward one another. I think we have more to be thankful for than we do to hate and criticize and attack. If we're not careful, we're going to fill ourselves with anger that's going to cause bitterness and it's going to cause hatred. And you're not going to hurt the folks that you're supposed to be angry at. You're going to hurt the person you've stored the bitterness in. Uh, the Bible tells us in Galatians 6 and verse number 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You know, there was a day we enjoyed an opportunity to help someone in need. Today, we are constantly looking at things that would cause us or give us a reason to criticize or put folks down. Uh, folks, can I say this morning, we're family. We're friends. We're all fighting the same battle. All of us are fighting the weakness of the flesh. All of us are fighting the wiles of the devil. All of us are fighting the same battle. We don't need to fight against one another. If we're going to live in victory in life, we have to be right with God. We ought to be right with one another. Let, let, let me take this a step further. The present day media and talk has taught us to find fault and look for differences in others and, and, and the cause of that is so somehow we can make ourselves better than somebody else. Folks, that's a foolish way to live life. We, you know, I think of Abraham's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen, and they couldn't get along with one another. And he preached a great message. He said, hey, folks, we be brethren. We're all trying to do the same thing. 
We're all trying to survive. We're all trying to uh, raise these animals and, and uh, uh, fulfill the work of our business. We're not going to get anywhere in life by living to attack and criticize other people. I fear that we often look at others. We look at the world through the lenses of media and politics and, and, and self rather than the Word of God. We see people often as enemies or we see them as foes or we see them as problems. I'm supposed to see others as Christ sees them. They're the creation of God and many of them. They simply need to know Christ as Savior. I don't need to be another a political or media commentary on what's wrong with the world. My job is to take and your job is to take the answer to a lost and dying world. We can't win people to Christ that we're angry at. We've got to get past that. We have to see the world through the eyes of Christ. We have to see the world through the eyes of the gospel. How important it is to recognize that we need to see the world in need of a Savior. I spent some time a couple of weeks ago. I was preaching in Mexico City. And I met a missionary there that's been working for the last several years down in Ecuador. Uh, in the jungles of the Amazon. He said, can I, can I show you a video of our work? And uh, he, he, he was showing me the video, and, and it wasn't just 30 seconds into the video. Uh, they were making their journey into the, into the bush, and, and they had pictures of snakes. And I'm telling you, he just about lost me before we got into uh, the Amazon. I told him, I said, I'm having a hard time watching the video, let alone going with you to the Amazon. Uh, but anyway, uh, and, and, but he liked it. He liked it. It's obvious that God had called him where he was. And, and uh, they, were, they were walking through the bush. And then they came uh, to water where there was a, uh, just a handcrafted kind of canoe. And they were going down a river. And then, and, uh, but, but then they came to this group of people. They, this bush people, they just lived there. They, they, they had no car to show anybody. They didn't have a house. They had places of shelter where they lived. They didn't have anything to brag on. They didn't have pocket knife. They, they, they didn't have anything, just, just what they had to survive. He said one thing these people had never heard. They'd never heard about Jesus. Never. They'd never heard the gospel. Now they worshipped and they realized that there was a being that made the sun shine and the rain to fall. And they had their own worship. He said, it's an interesting thing. When I go into these villages and go into uh, these different tribes of people, and I begin to tell them there's a God that made the sun, there's a God that made the moon, there's a God that caused the, the trees to grow and all the nature that we see. And his son's name is Jesus. And God gave his son. Can you imagine talking to people who would never heard about Jesus? And I watched the video, and as he preached, and I watched those people, they began to weep, and they began to be happy, and their emotions were mixed to realize 
there is a heaven and I get to go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And here we are in America and we're fussing and fighting about things that has value and no value tomorrow and, and all of these things that don't matter. Can I tell you there's a world that God gave his son for and Jesus died for every creature and the job of the church is to make sure every person hears the gospel of Christ. Folks, we're not going to live in victory in our life if we live our lives thinking, well, that group over there, boy, it's a bad bunch, and that group over there, they're worse than them, and I'm glad I'm not like this group. I'm just glad I'm saved, and I want everybody to know they can be a child of God. I don't want this world to divide my mind up, especially divide it up in hatred and anger and, and uh, uh, looking for uh, reasons to be critical. The psalmist said here, Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Who is it that's going to live in victory? Who is it that's going to live a life that he cannot be moved? Nothing can move him. And as the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, where the Bible says that we can not only stand, but we can withstand in the evil day. Who is it that's going to live in victory? He said, well, first of all, it's those that are right with God. By the way, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, that's the first step to being right with God. God gave his son that you can have eternal life. Second of all, to be right with your neighbor. I like the third thing, verse number four, to be right with himself. You know, you can't be right with yourself until you're right with your creator. You have to be right with God first. He puts it in this order to be right with God, to be right with others, and third, to be right with self. Notice this statement. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. The Bible is saying, here's a fellow who's not only right with God, he's right with his neighbor. Look at it. He's right with himself. He has nothing to hide. He has nothing to fear. He has nothing to run from. He is confident with himself. He will tell the truth to his own hurt. He's confident in where he stands. This man is right with himself. Some years ago, a man came to see me in my office, and he, and he came somewhat unannounced, and, and uh, I don't recall what I was doing, but I can remember vividly him coming in my office and saying, I need to talk to you. And he was, he was as nervous as any man I'd ever met. And he told me, he said, I just, I can't live. He said, I can't live with myself. He said, I can't sleep at night. He said, I just, I just, I just hate myself. And I said, why do, you, why do you hate yourself? Why, why are you so upset at yourself? He began to tell me of the sin and even the crime that he had committed in time that he had spent in the penitentiary. And, 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 and he said, all those memories and all, I just can't live. I've got to have help. And I gave him the only answer the Bible gives. First of all, he needs to meet the one that can forgive him of his sin. To take his sin and to put it away. If God can forget it, then you can move on and forget it. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. You know what he did? He said, I, I, I don't believe that will work. I said, but it will work. I said, and I told him of the Apostle Paul and the crimes and the, and the life he had lived, but God had forgiven him and saved him. He would not receive Christ, and he went out of my office unsaved. How sad. 
He couldn't live with himself. He couldn't be right with himself. You know why? He wouldn't be right with God. Until you're right with God, you can't be right with your neighbor. If you don't, if you don't understand God and understand his love, you're going to hate others that others hate and live in this world that's like that. I don't want to live like that. I want to be right with God so I can be right with my neighbor so I can be right with myself. I don't know how many times I've had the opportunity to meet folks whose life, I, I remember meeting a man, his name was Joe. He came to church one Sunday and he was just so he was just so nervous and unsettled. I talked to him after church and I asked him if I could visit with him and uh, he let me come and visit with him and I remember sitting in his living room uh, with him and he told me uh, two of crimes and time in prison and his life was a mess and he went through the same story. By the way, the devil takes everybody down the same path of destruction. Same path. And I said to him the same thing I only know to say today. And I said, well, the only thing you can do, Joe, is receive Christ as your Savior. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll put them in the sea of forgetfulness. He'll give you a life to live. He'll give you all eternity. I'll never forget. He got on his knees beside his couch and he wept and he cried. He said, oh God, forgive me of my sin. And God saved him and God changed his life. He became a very happy man, a very calm man, a man that attended church and enjoyed life and enjoyed church. And when he thought of his past, he said, I'm glad that's in the past and I have a new life in Christ. How did he have victory in his life? First, he got right with God. That helped him to get right with others. You know what Zacchaeus did? Jesus came to his house. He said, you've got to make things right with God. And so he did. You know what he did next? He got right with his neighbor. He said, any man, he said, that I've, that, that, that I've taken from, I want to restore it, restore it fourfold. And when he made things right with God, he made things right with others, there was a peace that came inside. Folks, only God can give peace. Only God can give peace. And the Bible says, I, I give you peace not as the world giveth. He said, I give you a peace that passes all understanding. And there's nothing more valuable in all of the world than the peace that God gives. Last of all, how do you live in victory? Well, first of all, you're right with God. Second of all, you're right with your neighbor. Third of all, you're right with self. And then last of all, you're right with truth or faith in truth. Now this interesting high words this. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. What he's saying here, I don't take advantage of. Now uh, the height of living by principle is taking care of finances. I teach my preacher boys in class what Jesus said to the disciples. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't let mammon, you can't let money control you. And if you can't control money and it controls you, you can't do the will of God. And so what are you saying in this passage of Scripture? I've learned by faith to trust the truth. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. It's interesting how our mind in our flesh works. Think with me now. We think we get gain by using whatever advantage we have in life even if it hurts another. The flesh will take whatever opportunity it has to get what it wants. 
But the Bible teaches opposites. For example, we learn from the Word of God that we don't get by stealing, we get by working and giving. And, and, and you, you say it doesn't make any sense. Then you're thinking in just the flesh. Because the flesh says, if I give you, I have less. I remember when my dad taught me to tithe out of the money I'd made on a paper route. It wasn't a lot of money. It was a small amount of money. But he said, this first 10%, that belongs to God. And if you'll do that, God will bless your life. That didn't make any sense to me. I thought I could do better with 100% of the money than 90%. But you know what I've learned in life? All that I have, God gave it to me. And the way I recognize that is to give 10% of that back to God as my tithe. And when I do, God blesses my life in multiple ways because I've recognized all I have comes from Him. So the way to get is giving. We learn from the Bible and the psalmist is saying if you want to live in victory, you learn the way to live is to die. We say, how does that make sense? The Bible says that the, uh, the corn or the grain of wheat, except it fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. I grew up where my grandparents, not only at the end of the season, would harvest everything, they would make sure that they would get seed for the next year. So whatever grain beans or corn or what have you, they would save some for seed and put them in a brown bag. Do you know as long as they were in that brown bag, they were what they were. They never changed. But you could take one grain of corn, plant it into the ground, and a stalk would grow in three years of corn and seven to eight hundred kernels of corn. And so you learn the way you increase, the way you live is to die. That one kernel of corn dies to give 2,000 kernels. And I learn from the Word of God the way I live life and find life is to take my life and live it in the will of God. Live it to be a help and a blessing to others. And God says... That's where joy is. That's where happiness is. That's where victory is. This man had learned to live by faith in the Word of God. So how do we live in victory? Look at Psalm 15 again. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Notice the last phrase. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. You're not going to knock him down. You're not going to run over him. You're not going to defeat him. He's going to stay there. He's going to be stable. He's going to win. He's going to overcome the circumstances. He's going to come overcome the opposition. How does he do it? Verse number two, right with God. Make things right with God today. If, you, if, you, if your life's not right with God, today's the day to say, God, forgive me, and I want to live right. I want to be right. You're a Christian. Your sins are gone there's no need for you to let the devil bring doubt and, and hurt your life. Live in victory and being right with God. Second of all, right with the neighbor. Verse number three, he that backbiteth not with his tongue or doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. The Bible said we wrestle not against your neighbor. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our, our enemy is the devil. We need to see people as those that need to be born again. How do I have victory in life? Right with myself. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not, he's satisfied. 
He's satisfied with right. And then last of all, he that putteth not out his money to usury nor taketh reward against the innocent. He's not trying to win by cheating. He's trying to win by obeying. Folks, we can have victory in life. Right with God. Right with others. Right with ourself. Right with truth. Stand with me this morning. You're here and you've never received Christ as your Savior. God gave His Son that you could have eternal life through Him. You have a sin debt. That sin debt has to be paid for. Christ made the payment for you and He offers you the gift of eternal life by faith if you'll just receive it. You're here today and you've been saved. You have not followed the Lord in believers' baptism since you trusted Christ. You ought to be obedient to Christ in baptism today. The baptistry is ready and warm. The clothes are ready in the private changing rooms. You ought to make that decision this morning. If you're here and you believe it's the will of God for you to become a member of this church or you simply need to come to the altar and say, Lord, I want things to be right between you and I. You ought to do that today. Heavenly Father, bless your invitation, I pray. We want to live in victory. The devil in this world, they advertise, and it's false advertisement on how to have fun and how to live in victory. And yet, Lord, our world is filled with chaos today. There can be victory in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the victory that's represented in our church here today. And I pray that you'd help us to make decisions according to your word and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. He's going to sing.